Let's turn to Psalm 42. Psalm 42. One of the prominent uh, emotional condition in the psalm is, uh, you know, in few of the psalms that you read, is spiritual depression. And that's the psalm that we are going to focus today. The one that says that, why are you cast, cast down my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Can anyone read the entire psalm for me? Uh, psalm 42 loudly. Psalm 42. So uh, what, we are, what we are going to do is we are going to take an overview of the entire psalm, all right, Psalm 42, and then we are going to look at six things that the psalmist does in a spiritual depression and how we can relate it to our lives, all right? So that's the whole uh, point. So at the beginning of the psalm, if you look at the heading, it says, to the choir master, a masculine of the sons of Korah. Now, if it's interesting... The sons of Korah were the group of priests who were in charge of the ministry of singing. All right. The Second Chronicles, if you turn with me to Second Chronicles 20 verse 19. Second Chronicles 21 19. There you can see them in action. Okay, these are Korahites. And there it says the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. So we know that these group of people were in charge for the ministry of singing. And when we read at the heading, we know that this psalm is supposed to be a song. All right? And it's strange. If you read the psalm, the psalmist is very depressed with, you know, with the situation that he's going through. And if you see, this is a song. The second thing to notice is, the heading uh, also called a masculine. All right, masculine of the sons of Korah. What does masculine means? It is, it is from the Hebrew verb that this word comes, and it means someone wise or to instruct. All right, so this psalm is intended to instruct. Like it said, blessed is the man whose delight is the in, in, in the instruction of the Lord, and on his instruction he meditates day and night. So this psalm is supposed to be an instruction. It's supposed to be a song and it's supposed to be an instruction. 
all right? I'm just giving you an overview, a background when we are going through this psalm, all right? Now, when we look into the psalm, there are three things, all right, that we can look at, okay? One is the external circumstances of the psalmist, of the person who is writing this, all right? Second is the internal emotion. And third, in both this situation, he's fighting with the external circumstances, uh, circumstances, he's fighting with his internal emotions, and what is his response, all right? So these are the three broad, you know, ways that we can differentiate the psalm. All right, so number one, what is the external circumstances? Verse three. My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all day long, where is your God? Now we see the circumstances are very oppressing for the psalmist. Okay, it says, you know, where is your God? In verse 10, he says the same thing. But he describes it in a different effect. All right? He says it like a deadly wound. Verse 10. As with a deadly wound, my bones and my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? And when we hear this word taunt, okay, there's something that is uh, you know, very important for us to know. Taunt happens when something goes wrong. Okay? When everything is good in your life, no one will come and taunt you. Okay, when everything is beautiful, everything is perfect, no one will come and taunt you. But look at the psalmist, okay, and he's saying, you know, people are mocking him, where is your God, all right? So there's a taunt, that means something has gone wrong in his life, something is definitely wrong. And it looks like he has been abandoned. He feels that he has been abandoned, all right? So that's number one, the, the external circumstances of the psalmist. Now let's look into the internal emotion. Okay, verse 5 and 11. You know, it describes his internal emotion as depressed and full of turmoil. All right, let's look at. He describes himself as cast down in turmoil. And verse 3, he says, once again, you know, my tears have been my food day and night. And he's so discouraged that he is at the verge of crying. And in verse 7, he says... He says that it feels like drowning. All your breakers and all your waves have gone all over me, he says. He's on the verge of crying. You know, he's verge of his breakdown. Okay, one thing we understand that something terribly has gone wrong. Something terribly has gone wrong. He feels that is as if he's been abandoned. And look at his emotional condition. He's depressed. He's depressed and he's... he's on the verge of crying. Alright? And in these two things, you know, his external circumstances and the emotions that he's going through, there's, there's something that he's doing. He's fighting to find the hope in God. Alright? Verse 5. It says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall... Again, praise him, my salvation, my God. Now, there's a you know, very interesting thing. If you see the second part of the verse, he says, Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation, my God. He's in a situation where he's not able to praise God. He's telling to himself, you know what? Hope in God, so that I can again praise him. 
You're getting the situation, the background, where the psalmist is coming from? He's down and out. He's oppressed, he's depressed, he feels that he's been abandoned. He's on the verge of crying and breaking down. And in that situation, he's hoping, hoping in God. And he's telling himself, you know what? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him. Verse 11 repeats this thing again. Verse 11, if you read, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Twice he's saying the same thing. He's, he's emphasizing to his soul, you know what? Hope in God. And he's telling himself, I should be able to praise him again. That's the situation that he is in. But the interesting thing is, Bible doesn't always, you know, the scripture doesn't always promise it's going to be a happy ending. It's, it's never, you know, he, Jesus never came here and said, you know what, you trust in me and all is going to be good with you. He never said that. All the riches of the world will be at your feet. He never said that. Look at the way this psalm is ended. Let's read the last verse. And, and you know, it's, it's very beautiful. And, and it's again repeating the same thing. Psalmist, after all his cries, again he emphasizes, all right? Verse 11, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall praise again my salvation, my God. He wants to praise him, but he's not able to. And he leaves us there. He leaves us there. So I assume this, that the psalm in the Bible by, you know, is, is with by God's design. And if we listen carefully, we can watch the psalmist struggle. And if we meditate on his instruction day and night, and our thoughts about God and life on one hand and our emotions on the other hand, God will definitely shape us in the way he wants us to be. All right? And we'll become like tree that bear fruits and whose leaves doesn't wither or drought of oppression and discouragement and turmoil when it hit us. All right? Our trees, we'll be like trees that will bear fruit. Our leaves will not wither when, when you know, things go bad if we, if we meditate on, on the word of God. That is what Psalmist is trying to say here. So let's look at the six ways in which the psalmist respond to the discouragement or the situation that he's in. All right? We don't know exactly what he's facing, but one thing is no, but one, one thing that we know is it's bad. It's bad. All right? And the sequence of the six responses is not according to the scripture. All right? Uh, I have used the responses uh, with regards to how we would you know, respond to this situation if we were in his situation. And we'll try to relate it to, to the psalm, all right? Number one response. He asked God the question, why? Have you, have, you, have you paid attention to the psalm? He asking, you know, God, why? Verse 9. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I mo go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? And let me tell you, the word forgotten is an overstatement here. All right? 
don't take me wrong but if you see he knows that god has not abandoned him but yet he is asking question god why have you forgotten me now why i say this is look at verse 8 it says by day the lord commands his steadfast love and at night his song is with me so he knows that god is with him but in a situation that is so bad he feels all right he doesn't mean he feels that god is not with him that god has abandoned him there's a big difference you believe that god is not with you but you sometimes you feel that god is not with you know with us now what is the reason what is the reason usually we have this notion all right if god is with us you know, nothing bad is going to happen to us that is the notion that we carry that is the notion that that we carry and then suddenly when bad times hit us we ask this question right we ask this question is because of the notion that we carry if god is with us you know nothing is going to you know go wrong everything is going to be perfect and that's a very wrong notion god never promised a life that is without any trouble hardship he never promised that but one thing he promised in all this he will be with us that's the promise that he has given us now if you if if you if you look at this question you know why he is asking the question why why and is it correct is it correct if we compare ourselves and, and if we put ourselves in a situation and if we ask god why i feel that you are not with me i feel that you have abandoned me i feel that you don't remember me let's turn to job job chapter 6 verse 26 job chapter 6 verse 26 All right so this is a situation where job's three friends come to him and they are talking trash to him all right they are breaking him with words all right with words and uh, i was listening to the sermon by john piper and uh, he describes the situation as the words of the wind okay and this is what job says to his critical friends all right in job job 626 do you think that you can reprove words when the speech of a despairing man is wind in other words he's saying don't jump on the words of a despairing man you know let it go there will be ample time to discern the deeper conviction of the heart let the wind blow them away they are the words of the wind All right sometimes we ask this question and if your fellow believer is going through a tough time and if you think that doc- doctrinally you know he's not using the correct approach he's asking a lot of questions why to god you know sometimes sometimes it's okay to let him do that it's a word of the winds it's just that situation and there will be an ample amount of time wherein we can dig deeper and and he will be able to understand you know if he really loves god he'll be able to understand what he's speaking and he'll be able to you know repent on that 
So the psalmist asks why, right? Is it a legitimate question? Will he get all the answers? In some of the situation, he might. Okay? In some of the situation, maybe some part of his questions might get answered. In some of the situation, he might not get any answer. He might not get any answer. So that's the first response. Do we have the same response when we go through the tough time? I, what I love about Psalm is he's very honest with his approach. All right, If he has something in his heart, he'll pour out. And he's not talking to the people. Okay, This is between the conversation between the psalmist and God. All right, He's not talking to the people. Oh no, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know. I did this. I did that. No, he's not doing that. He's talking to his God directly. And that's the difference. And he's opening his heart and he's being honest about himself. Are we being honest about ourselves? When we go through the tough time, are we being honest in asking God the questions that we have in our heart? Second response. He affirms God's sovereign love. Okay? In the midst of the you know, discouragement that he's going through. Psalmist is affirming of God's sovereign love for him. Let's look at this at verse 8. Verse 8, Psalm 42, verse 8. By the day, Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to God of my life. In verse 5 and 11, he calls God, my salvation, my God. And even though he looks as if, you know, God, you know, he feels that God has abandoned him. In, in that situation where he's asking question, why God, why have you forgotten me? The very next step, what is he doing? What is he doing? He's saying, my God, my salvation. He's saying, you know what, God, you're sovereign. Your love is sovereign. It's a quite confusing thing, right? How psalmist, you know deals with this situation. In one, in one verse, he, he's questioning. The second verse, he's affirming God's love. Is that our response also when we live our life? Is it just questions that we ask? Is it just the questions that we have in our life when we go through tough times? Why, 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 why? Or do we come back and say, you know what, God? You are my God. You are my creator. You are my salvation. Is that our response? That is how Psalmist responded to his situation. Third response. He sings. He's singing the psalm. We heard it. We, we, we looked into it. It was the song of Korah. You know, they used to sing the psalm. And the psalmist is singing. Alright? Let's look at verse 8 once again. He says, By day... The Lord commands his steadfast love and by night his song is with me, a prayer to God of my life. He's singing the song as a prayer. He's singing the song as a prayer. In our tough times, in our tough times, do we sing to the Lord? Do we sing to the Lord? At least I can answer to, of myself. There are many times I don't. I try to solve my own situations. I, I try to find my own answers. 
I ask questions, why? I open up to God, why, why, why? But do I affirm that he is the sovereign God? Do I sing to him like the psalmist did? Ask yourself this question. Is it just the question why you ask? Or do you take the second step in saying, you know what, God, you are a sovereign God. Do you take the third step? Do you sing to him? Do you sing your prayers to him? Do you remember that uh, hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, and you know the background of that song, the writer? It is well, it is well with my soul. He writes that song after his daughters died in an accident, right? In the middle of the sea, and he was passing there, and he writes that song, It is well, it is well with my soul. That's a prayer that he's singing. Do we have our prayers when we sing to the Lord? Fourth, this is a very important response that we see in the psalm. All right. He preaches to his own soul. All right. He preaches to his own soul. All right. Verse 5. It starts with, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Then look at the, uh, the thing that he's saying. Hope in God, for I shall praise again my salvation, my God. All right. And then he, and he says, hope in God. And he's telling to his soul. He's telling to himself, you know what? Hope in God. He's teaching his soul. He's teaching himself that, you know what? You need to hope in God. Lloyd-Jones uh, has uh, written a book based on this psalm. It's called Spiritual Depression. All right, If you ever get a chance, please do go through it. I've gone through it online. Lloyd-Jones, okay? And this is how, uh, you know, in one of the passages in his book, he has mentioned, and I quote, okay, how, how, have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead talking to yourself? Take those thoughts that come to you uh, the moment that you wake up in the morning. You have not originated them, but they are talking to you. They bring back, uh, they bring back the problems of yesterday. Somebody is talking. And who is talking to you? Yourself is talking to you. Now this man's treatment in Psalm 42 was this. Instead of allowing his self talk to him, he started talking to himself. And he says, hope in God. Hope in God. It's so true, right? It's so true in our life. When we go through difficult times, our inner self talk to us. And we try to you know, come up with solution by our own. But here psalmist, what is he doing? He's preaching to himself. And he's telling that hope in God. Hope in God. Is that our response when we go through our tough times? Do we preach ourselves? Do we look into the word and tell, you know what, Ben? Hope in God. God is sovereign. God will come up with some solutions. Or he will give you enough courage Enough strength to go through this. Do you preach yourself? Do you talk to yourself the word of God? Is that your response? 
fifth response, he remembers his past experiences. Verse 4, these things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go to the throng and lead them in the procession of the house of God with glad shouts and the song of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Now, we do come here every Sunday, right? And uh, the concept of corporate worship, at least I, uh, I can admit here, there have been many times wherein I have been here in church and I felt nothing. Because my mind was engaged in, in, in the problems of my life. We take this corporate worship very lightly. And look at the psalmist. What is he doing? He's remembering his past experiences. He's not remembering his college times or his good times that he had with friends. No, he's remembering the time that he spent with the fellow believers. That's the past experience he's looking up to. Look at the importance of worship in his life. Do we have the same importance of worship, the corporate worship, the fellowship that we have with each other? And when we come here, when the fellowship we have with God, do you worthy it enough? Do you, do you treasure it enough? That's the question, I leave it up to you. But that's the response the psalmist had. He looked up to his past experiences. These things I remember, I pour out my soul. How would I go with the thong and lead them in position of the house of God with glad shouts and song of praise, a multitude-keeping festival? Sixth and final response. And this comes in the very first two verses. He thirsts for God. He's thirsty. He's thirsty for God. Verse 1 and 2. As the deer pants for the flowing streams, so my... So pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? What makes it so beautiful in this response is when he says that, you know, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. He's not thirsty mainly for, to escape from his enemies or from his, from his situation. But he's thirsty, he's longing to see God. And he compares himself with the deer. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul pants for you. You know, he's, he's making that comparison that, you know, I'm like the deer who is thirsty for you. And I'm longing to see you in this situation. Is that our response? Is that our response? Are we only... Look up to God and say, you know what? God, take away this situation. Lord, take this away. Lord, I cannot bear it. We do that. It's nothing wrong in asking God to take away the difficult times that you're going through. I'm not saying that. But in all this, are you longing to see God in your life? Are you longing to see God to work in your life? Are you longing to see God to help you grow, outgrow that situation? Is that our response? Let's look at, you know, all the responses once again. And, and as I say this, uh, I would request all of you to pray in your hearts and 
and ask yourself this question are your responses in the same way the psalmist did all right can you all close our eyes can you all close our eyes at this moment i would like all of you individually think of the most difficult circumstances that you have gone through think of the most horrible circumstances that you have gone through it can be in your job it can be in your personal life it can be loss of your family member i'm not sure i'm not sure what is your most depressing situation that you have been imagine that situation imagine that situation and compare your responses with the psalmist do you ask god question why is it because you feel that he is no longer with you or you really believe it if you really believe it then you need to you know look up to him and ask for forgiveness ask for forgiveness because he never forgive he never let go of us do you ask question why and never ever affirm that god is a sovereign god and his love is sovereign is your response after all the turmoil that you go through do you look back and say you know what god thank you thank you for being my god my salvation is that your response do you sing in your tough times do you sing your prayer do you pour out your heart to god and not to people do you sing your prayer to god do you preach your soul do you tell yourself that hope in god he is in control he is in control as the psalmist says in verse 7 all your breakers and all your waves have gone all over me he doesn't say all the breakers of the world and all the waves of the satan has gone all over me he doesn't say that he says to god that all your breakers all your waves all your waves have gone all over me he's affirming to the fact that god everything is ordained by god and it is in his control do you do the same thing do you preach your soul that you know what hope in god he's in control and everything is ordained by him Do you remember your past experiences not the good times that you had with friends not the good time that you had in your childhood or any other time but do you remember your past experiences the fellowship that you had with your believers the corporate worship the cbf as a church when we gather here do you remember those experiences and remember them and lastly do you thirst for god are you really thirsty for god are you like that deer that pants for the water are you com- do you compare yourself with that deer ever in your life 
always thirsty for God. Not just for God to take your difficult circumstances away, but actually longing to see him in your life. My dear brothers and sisters, God never promised a life without trouble, a life without hardship. But one thing he promised, in all this he's going to be with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. That's the promise that he has given. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful time, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us from your word, Lord. Thank you for using the life of the psalmist and teaching us what we need to do in our difficult circumstances, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for showing us the various responses of psalmists and, and helping us learn that if next time our difficult circumstances hit us, our difficult situation hit us, how we need to respond, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for helping us remember that you are the sovereign God. You are the God who is in control. Even though the hardship and the difficult times that comes, even though all the waves that passes over us, Lord, we, 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 we know that it is ordained by you. And we want to thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, for being con in control of our life. Lord, as we depart from here, Lord, as we as we start our lives outside church, Lord, we pray that, Lord, you take care of us and help us to live for your glory in the days to come till the next time we meet again, Lord. Lord, once again, thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for that amazing work that you have done on the cross, Lord. Thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you, Lord, for giving this hope that we have. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name.